BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean exactly that. Free. Switch to Pure Talk today and get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and 15 gigs of data and a mobile hotspot. Just go to puretalk.com slash jesse and claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Again, go to puretalk.com slash jesse to switch to my cell phone company, Pure Talk. I know you're paying attention to global events. Wars bubbling up everywhere. Countries are buying and hoarding mass amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our heads in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. I want you to imagine something. I want you to imagine you've been taken captive 
by a powerful man and his soldiers. And this man has a bunch of dogs, big dogs, barking, snarling at you, the kind of dogs that make the back of the make the hair on the back of your neck stand up a little bit. And this man steps away for a moment as you sit there on the floor surrounded by the soldiers and dogs. And he comes back with a gigantic bear fur. And he lays you down and his men begin to wrap you in that bear fur. Pull out a heavy duty needle and thread because that's what it would take to hold it on you. And they slowly and steadily sew this bear fur all over your body. Then they stand you up. Walk you over to the edge of a forest. Look you in the eye and tell you start running. These are bear hunting dogs. How fast do you think you'd run in that moment? What counts as being a monster? A bad human being? What should or shouldn't count? You probably have... A different criteria for that than I do. I have a different one than Chris does. It's it's probably extremely, extremely subjective. But what do you consider to be a monster? Uh, anyone who kills somebody. Uh, you, you might want to slow down on that. Might want to slow way down on that. Almost all of the great men in history. I shouldn't say almost all. Many of the great men in history... Kill plenty of people. Undoubtedly, there's somebody examining their Christian faith right now, maybe Jewish faith, maybe Muslim faith, but we'll focus on the Christian side for a moment. The Bible says, thou shalt not kill. It says, thou shalt not commit murder. The Bible calls King David a man after God's own heart. King David was stacking bodies out there, people. Lots of them. Is it simply how you're judged against the other people in your time? That's what I would say. That would be more along the lines of what I would go with because here's what happens so often. We look at historical figures, historical moments, and we judge them by the standard of today. The normal, how many times have we talked about a siege, a sacking of a city? You understand a lot of people you consider to be the Airfingers, quote, good guys, they sacked cities too. And look, sacking a city may be putting it nicely. That's probably what you say when you like the guy. Sacking a city... That's starving people to death. That's men, women, and children dying under the sword. 
dying of disease. What if your guy, your good guy is responsible for that? How do we decide who decides who the monsters are, who the good guys are? I mean, honestly, the only guy I think we can almost universally agree on as far as world leaders would be Hitler. Beyond Hitler, it starts to get dicey out there, doesn't it? See, see, Chris just brought up Stalin. I mean, Stalin's body count's bigger than Hitler, as we're going pure body count. I would, I would call Stalin a monster. No question about it. There are people out there, including the current Russian leader, who would not call Stalin a monster. And in fact, I swear on my life, we didn't do that on purpose. Chris doesn't even know who I'm talking about today. It's funny you should bring that up about Russia. Today we're going to talk about Ivan the Terrible. But even the name is interesting, isn't it? I say Ivan the Terrible, and you might be vaguely familiar with him. You'll be more familiar once the day is done today. Maybe you're very familiar. Maybe you're vaguely familiar. Maybe you're not familiar at all. But one thing that is almost universal, almost universal, is you think he was terrible. It was his name, right? I mean, it's obviously, this was a no, yet another dude in Russia killing a bunch of people. Do you know the name's actually a mistranslation? Actually supposed to be Ivan the Terror. And that was a compliment when he was given the name. The people who gave him the name didn't think he was terrible. Now, let's do a brief setup here before we get to Ivan, because as you well know, as, as I've explained several times, what I love is history all runs together. It all blends together. I mean, we just did one on Russia not too long ago. You remember that, the Great Northern War between Sweden and Russia, and we had Peter the Great there. That's another guy, by the way, not to get too sidetracked. Peter the Great, known as this great man, modernized Russia, brought the nation into, you know, I mean, really, really woke him up. Uh, Tortured a lot of people. His name's Peter the Great. You undoubtedly think remotely high, kind of high about Peter the Great. You okay with torture? Are you not okay with torture? As I've always said, it gets complicated. So what you need to understand, first of all, about Russia is prior to Ivan, or I should say prior to Ivan's grandfather, you know, prior this period of time, just prior to it, Russia wasn't necessarily Russia. You remember when we were even talking about Peter the Great when he was fighting Charles the 12th, the Great Northern War, Russia wasn't Russia, really. It wasn't even hardly a unified country at all. And why wasn't Russia really Russia? Well, first of all, they found it. They kind of discovered the whole thing, started settling the whole thing in the 600s. 
And since they really settled it, and this is going to be an important part of our story, so pay attention. Since they really started settling it, the Asian steppe nomad horse archers, many of whom you would recognize, have been pillaging it. You know the Asian steppe. Just picture Asia and draw a wide line right down the middle of it from we from west to east. That's the step. That's a way oversimplification, but that's what I mean. Just a huge wide line in the middle of Asia. And what comes out of there? Freaking warriors come out of there. Always. You know the Mongols, and we'll get to the Mongols in a minute because they're going to play a big part of our story. But, well, they weren't even the first. Hang on. There is a cyber crime sweeping the nation right now, and it is financially destroying people. It's getting people evicted from their homes. This is not something that you just see in the movies. It's not some scare tactic. This thing is getting people evicted from their homes, and that's called home title theft. Your home title, it is not a piece of paper anymore. It exists online. And you and I, I'm having trouble with this too, are going to have to get used to this online world where criminals exist online. These cyber criminals, they get a hold of your home title, get your signature on it, they get a loan out against it, and soon you start getting late notices in the mail. Why haven't you paid your bills? They will evict you from your home. Get HomeTitleLock.com right now before the worst happens to you. Use the code JESSE when you go to HomeTitleLock.com. Get yourself 30 days free. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. The Mongols were not the first of the Asian steppe horse archer tribes. There were sweet tribes, and I highly recommend you look up any and all of them because they're all awesome. Attila the Hun, who you've heard of, the guy who savaged the Romans for a long time, Asian steppe nomads. The Scythians, Asian steppe nomads, on and on and on throughout the centuries. That's what that area produces. Warlike tribes who ride on horseback and fire bows and arrows like nobody ever has. And I don't think I have to remind you, even though I'm going to, let's just focus on Genghis Khan for a moment. Do you remember what his Mongols did in Russia? We'll go over all these battles again one day. Who knows? Maybe I'll do one this week. But they rode up into Russia and they beat the crap out of everybody. 
everybody. Now, that was before, again, that was before Russia was really Russia. But still, they have a history here. A history of Asian steppe tribes slaughtering people. And think about what that would mean for you if you're Joe Schmo, average middle-class dude, if there really was a middle class at the time, it was more, you know, serfs and nobles. But let's say you're an average middle class. You're the town blacksmith. Got a wife, six or seven kids, not counting the two or three who died when they were in their infancy. Because remember, we forget about this all the time, and this is going to matter too. Most of human history is children dying. Because the medical care was not there. By the grace of God, we don't live in that age. Count your blessings. People in the past, not too far in the past either, grew up knowing uh, some of our kids are going to die. Is that not the worst thing in the world? But that was common. That was the norm. So you're the average blacksmith. Wife, few kids, your life is staring at the horizon, hoping you don't see a Mongolian horde riding over the the hills to come get you. And I don't think I need to elaborate for anybody in my audience what happens when that Mongolian army gets there. It's not good. But I cannot stress this enough. This is more than a, oh, I'm on the lookout for a Mongolian army today thing. This is, I've always been looking out for a Mongolian army today thing. My dad did. My grandpa did. His grandpa did. It's a way of life. Your way of life is danger. Constantly being picked at, attacked, raped, killed, enslaved. It's a disaster. So much so you're almost numb to it. So these are the kind of people we're dealing with. And if it seems like I'm setting something up, it's because I am. Now a man named Ivan comes along. Not our Ivan, not quite yet. This is Ivan's grandfather, Ivan III. And Ivan III, he starts to take it to these Mongols. This is now, we are now way past, a couple hundred years Past the era of Genghis Khan, a few hundred years actually, where Genghis Khan's huge Mongolian empire has broken up, but that's putting it way too strongly. His empire was gigantic, and it broke up into also very powerful nations. When I say broken up, we're not talking on the downhill slide. It's just just about done here. No. And the one way up there by Russia was called the Golden Horde. Such a cool name. The Golden Horde was a little unlike the kingdom that Genghis Khan established. Remember, I mean, besides murdering 40 million people, Genghis Khan was extremely religiously tolerant. He was really tolerant of pretty much everybody as long as you wanted to get along. He would take cities and he'd go find all the smart people and say, oh, you're working for me now. Oh, it's a slave? No, no, no. You're going to be fine. Just work for me. I mean, if you don't, I'll pull your fingernails out. But no, you work for me. You give you money, women, whatever. The Golden Horde 
was a little different. It was the Muslim portion of the Mongolian Empire. And when I say Muslim, I don't mean just casually. I mean, you really need to be a Muslim if you're going to be here. They're right there. But at this time, Russia, due to some good leadership, some advancing technology is rising on their own, and they are not Muslim. They are beginning a different Christianity, Eastern Orthodox Christianity. Not Catholicism. I cannot stress this enough. That is important. Not Catholicism. That's going to be a stress point here in a minute. So... As Russia begins to rise, Russia begins to see itself as a third Rome. And I always find this fascinating. And people wonder sometimes why I say it's not even debatable that Rome was the greatest empire ever. To this day, we as a nation, America, have several parts of the Roman system ingrained in our society because our founders knew it was brilliant. The Byzantine Empire that came after Rome... They viewed themselves as second Rome. And now we've moved so far past Rome, we are in the 1500s. And they're still trying to be a third Rome. How amazing is that? Anybody ever try to be the second Achaemenid Persian Empire? Nope. It's incredible. And these people viewed Rome at this time very religiously. When they're talking about third Rome... They're talking about the later Christian Rome. They believe there has to be a godly Christian kingdom, powerful on this earth, who can take on things like Islam militarily. You can sneer at that all you want. Might depend on your religion or your upbringing or whatever. None of that matters. We don't do that here. That's what they believed, 100%. Somebody has to be able to take up the sword against these Muslims. That's what they believed. And Ivan III did pretty well at that. Ivan III has a son named Vasily. Vasily, Ivan the Terrible's father, gets himself married. Now it's time to discuss what Russia is like at this exact moment. Russia has a man in charge. I'm not going to call him a czar just yet, although you're welcome to. You know, this is the man in charge. That would be Vasily. He's he's the king dog of Russia, but he's by no means some all-powerful autocrat at this time. In the same way, Rome for so many years before the emperors was ruled really by the Senate. And you had consuls that were there for a year. Technically, they're in charge, but that senator's going to be there for another 20 years after you're gone, and he's been there 20 years before you got there. Who's really wielding the power around there? In Russia, you need to think of those people as the boyars or boyars, depending on who you read. They are absurdly wealthy, absurdly powerful, and they carry a big, big stick in Russia. A big stick. At this point in time, they're not getting pushed around by anybody. And they want more power. They want more money. They have differing political motivations. They're not just one group. Well, there's a problem with Vasily. 
Hang on. Never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The Boyers, the Nobles are... They're existing with Ivan's father, Vasily, and Ivan's father, Vasily, is doing some good for the kingdom, and life is going along just fine, except there's a big, big, big problem. Vasily's wife, who he loves by all accounts, is not getting pregnant. Now, maybe you're going through that. Maybe you're trying and going through it. Maybe you've already finished and you're just, you can't. And that's a heartbreaking thing. But in this era, it was more than just a heartache because you wanted a child. It was everything. You had to have a child, not just for your legacy, which that was a huge part of it, to show to your kingdom that you were able to have them. It was a real, you know, status symbol. It was a big deal. And this woman's not getting pregnant. And she's not getting pregnant, and he's not getting pregnant. And he decides to divorce her. Big deal back then. Another big deal. His next wife was a Catholic. 16 years old, which I would consider that to be a big deal, but apparently that was pretty much the norm back then. Little creepy. Little creepy how normal. Even sometimes young teens were wet off to people back then. Okay, not a little creepy, very creepy, but whatever, different times, I guess. But the Catholic thing was a major deal. Remember, this was Eastern Orthodox Christianity, and they were very much at odds with the Catholic Church. Now, when I say big deal, I mean borderline revolts brewing. But angry as they were about this, Vasily and his new young bride, he does manage to get a hockey puck past the goalie. 
boom, pregnant, has a young son by the name of Ivan, Ivan the fourth, named after his grandfather, Ivan the third. Ivan is born a king's son, right? A prince. Mom's a, pr- Mom's a queen. Dad's a king. I'm a prince. Life is good, isn't it? Right up until about the age of three for Ivan. And then Ivan's father dies. Now, all is not lost yet for Ivan because this is an era. Remember this third Rome thing, this religious thing, because it's really important for you to understand it in the story. He was, in the view of the Russians, he was chosen by God, young Ivan, to be the next czar. By God. And the ones who didn't believe that, which of course there were plenty who didn't, they knew enough of the people did believe it. So, yeah, he's three and his dad's dead, but someone's just going to have to hold on to the kingdom for him for a while because he's chosen by God and yeah, we want power, but we're not we're not going to we're not going to set off that hornet's nest. So his mom kind of steps in as queen regent on his behalf and that is going really really well except his mom she's a strong woman. She's now torturing people in front of Ivan at the age of 5. She's torturing her enemies at the age of five. What were you doing with your parents at the age of five? Going on walks in the park? Eating ice cream? Laughing and playing? It's hard for you and I to wrap our minds around it because we tell these stories, and to us they're just stories because we're so far removed from them. It's just crazy. That was somebody real. That was a real child standing in a dungeon watching mom torture people to death. What does that do to shape your young mind? And then mom, you see, the boyers really wanted more power. They didn't like her standing in the way. They knew there was a boy czar who wouldn't be able to stop them. So at the age of seven years old, Ivan gets to watch his own mother die by poison. The Boyers poisoned his mom. And this lovely little life Ivan has had, albeit a little bit violent, for the first seven years of his life, boy, you want to talk about vanishing in front of your eyes and going the other direction and going the other direction hard. One of these royal Boyer families, one of these powerful Boyer families moves right on into what you would not, you and I would consider the royal palace. And they essentially just tell the people, look, we're just going to help out the young lad as until he comes of age. It's just until he comes of age. We're just going to help him out. Now, what did that mean for Ivan? It meant in public ceremonies and parades and things like that are very, very important back at this time. In public, Ivan is dressed up in the finest robes as any young up-and-coming czar would be, and he's given this huge place of honor, and he's waving to the crowd, and woohoo! this, and they believe, remember, the people believed this man was chosen by God, this child was chosen by God, so they thought he was everything. 
and he's waving to the crowd and life's good. Right up until the point the ceremony was over and they had to go back inside. You see this Boyer family who took over after mom was poisoned. They hated this child and hated the family. And Ivan, as soon as he went back inside, had all his fine clothes stripped from him. He was consistently beaten, starved, frozen out, a prisoner in a palace. Imagine that, going from that life of luxury to a life of complete misery. And when I say complete misery, I don't mean for a week. I don't mean for a month. Years. From the age of seven till 15 or 16 years old, this was his life. Beating, starvation, and then constantly, imagine this, imagine what this would do to your mind, and then constantly dragged out into the public where you're praised and you can't tell anybody that I'm actually a prisoner. And all that's doing is cementing in your mind, I should be a king. Why am I being abused? The people think I'm a king. What? And something, something breaks in young Ivan. Young Ivan begins to become a really violent young man. When I say violent, I mean finding palace pigeons and tearing out their eyeballs. You know those puppies and kittens you and most normal people love so much, even if you're not a pet person like I'm not. I mean, who doesn't love a little puppy for a minute, right? It's a puppy. Yeah, young Ivan would go up to the top of the palace and throw puppies off. This is a young man mentally not doing well. Then, to make everything even worse, young Ivan did have a mentor who was trying to aid him as much as possible, groom him whenever he could without getting himself killed by the boyers, but eventually the boyers find out They drag the mentor in young Ivan down to a dungeon and skin him alive in front of Ivan. It's dark, isn't it? It also really happened. But young Ivan is an intelligent young man, and, oh, he has a plan. Hang on. Stocky. Follow, like, and subscribe on social at Jesse Kelly DC. Cyber criminals are constantly prowling the internet. Constantly. Every single time you go online, at work, your home, your spouse, your kids, whoever's online, every time you go on, you are at risk. You need to get Identity Hero. They will take your credit cards, debit cards. Social security number, your credit score, they can absolutely ruin you unless you have Identity Hero. Then they let you know if someone's trying to do stuff with your identity. Then they actually reimburse you dollar for dollar if someone does do stuff, up to a million bucks. And here, this might be the best part. It's an America-based company. Don't go with one of these foreign-based companies, not anymore. 
$7.95 a month. That's all it costs you to get Identity Hero. Go to identityhero.net slash jesse. That's identityhero.net slash jesse. You see, the Boyers may have Ivan trapped in this castle. They have guards looking out for him, but young Ivan is not without charm. He's not without resources, and young Ivan figures out, you know, I think I should probably get to know these guards a little better. I wonder what these guards believe about who should and shouldn't be in charge. And using a variety of different means, young Ivan figures out, okay, these guards are on my side now. It's time to take out the trash. So he waits in his room for the inevitable visit from this boyer who abuses him, slaps him, the works. Boyer walks into Ivan's room and Ivan takes a look at the guys who are supposed to be guarding him and says, seize him, seize him. They grab a hold of the Boyer. Ivan reportedly very calmly stands up, walks right past him, has the guards follow him, Boyer in tow and strolls at the age of 15, by the way, at the age of 15, strolls calmly through the palace and begins to head downstairs where he heads down to the kennels. The kennels are not holding little beagle puppies. This is Russia. Your dogs are used for war. Your dogs, especially these dogs, are used for hunting, oftentimes bear hunting. These are gigantic, powerful dogs. Ivan has this, a man who's abused him since he was a small child, has him beaten nearly to death in the kennels in front of the dogs, and then has his bodyguards chuck this boyer inside and watches the dogs eat this man alive. One of my favorite history stories of all time. That's awesome. (laughs) The guy had it coming, Chris. I can like it. The dude had it coming. That's part of why it's so satisfying. The dude had it coming, big time. Now... Ivan takes over. Ivan takes power. And it's going okay. He's constantly clashing with these boyers. But he's getting by. He's also fighting wars. Surprise, surprise, against the Mongols. He goes down, threatens this portion of the Golden Horde, says, lay off my people or I'll come kill you. The Mongols are still Mongols. And they say, please, come on down. So, young Ivan goes on down and gets his butt whipped. That's a tough start. Your people think you're chosen by God. If you want them to continue thinking you're chosen by God, you got to start winning some wars. Gets back home and promptly sees Moscow burn. 
Now, this is an era I'm not going to go into it all. I'm not making this up on my life. In a period of, I think, around 300 years, Moscow, like the entire city, burnt to the ground 10 times or more. It was this really weird thing. I have no idea why. I've never looked into it. I have no idea why. No idea they didn't get why they didn't get some kind of fire prevention plan out there or something at some point in time, but it burns to the ground. Now, Ivan's had a rough start to everything. He's now at the age of 23 years old, and he gets very, 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 very sick. Ivan has a young son at this time, and Ivan thinks he as in Ivan, is about to die. So he calls the boyers in around his deathbed and asks them to pledge that they will safeguard his son and make his son ruler when Ivan dies, which he thinks he's about to do. The boyers, I don't have any idea why you wouldn't at least just lie about it at this time, say, no, I don't think we will. Screw him. That wouldn't have been a problem, except Ivan miraculously turns things around and recovers. And that may have not even been a problem, except that young son who Ivan loves so much turns around and dies. Now he's really mad. Then his wife also dies. Then... He gets in this war with Livonia. I've talked about it before. I'm not going to go into it again. And his top general, his top man, leaves his command and goes over to fight with the Livonians. Do you think, just do a brief reflection on everything we've talked about so far, do you think this is a man possibly who has some trust issues at this point in time? Do you think maybe this is a man who thinks he's about to be betrayed at all times? Well, he is. And he pulls off one of the most brilliant, calculating, vicious things I've ever seen. Remember, Russia at this time is very much a czar and the boyers kind of sharing power. The people need to see the czar is there. So Ivan decides he's going to get a little more power. Hang on. Simply Safe has absolutely changed the way home security works. You see, forever. The only thing you could do if you wanted a home security system was call one of the the few big companies out there, get upsold on why you need this many sensors. No, actually, you need this many more sensors. Well, now you need this camera and this special light. Now you need this special. It's a nightmare. Then you have to set up, you know how it works, the four-hour window, maybe, and of course, they can never even show up then. Show up, install your stuff. It's endlessly complicated, and they lock you in with a contract. It's happened to me my whole life. Always locked into a contract. All that's gone now with Simply Safe. No more pushy salesmen, no more contracts, and you can have home security for as little as $15 a month. Go to simplysafe.com slash Jesse, pick out what you want, they ship it to you. You and your family place the sensors, plug them in, and you're protected 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Simplysafe.com slash Jesse. 
wife dead, general gone, son dead, Ivan almost dead. Ivan decides, I'm going to take my toys and go home. What I mean by that is, without telling anybody, Ivan gets up one morning, gets his bodyguards, gets his servants, loads a whole bunch of his treasures and his Game Boy or whatever they had back then in the back of a carriage and just leaves town. I'm done with being this czar thing. Goodbye. Now, you might think that's good news unless you're the Boyers. Because the Boyers need this man to be the figurehead. He's the one chosen by God. We're going to screw everyone over behind the scenes. we we got to get him back here. Why isn't he back here? If he's not back here, people are going to start looking at us, and we really don't want people looking at us. Ivan, uh, we need you back. Ivan, will you come back? And Ivan says, of course I'll come back. Don't be ridiculous. But I'm going to come back, and I need a couple concessions, if you don't mind. Just little ones. Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Ivan says I'm gone. I'm not the, I'm not the, Man in charge anymore. I'm not even coming back unless, unless you boyers agree to some terms. The first term is this. I get a country within my country and I am the only one in power in that country. And I know what you're thinking, but Jesse, what? Where, where is this country supposed to be? Well, it's funny you should mention that because that kind of changed around a lot. That kind of was subject to whatever Ivan felt like during the day. Oh, he sent them a map of where his new country within the country was going to be, where he had supreme rule. But then he sent him another map and then another map. And the maps kept changing and expanding, and he seemed to want this street and this building. But, oh, you can have that building, but it's if it sounds a little purposely complicated, that's because it was. Oh, I mentioned he had two conditions, didn't I? I forgot the second one was, I'm allowed to kill anybody I want. I'm not exaggerating. That was part of his condition. Boyers are understandably hesitant to sign such a deal. This doesn't seem like it. This do, Does this seem fair, Marty? But they had no choice, really. You can't be without a czar. People are about to revolt. They're going to blame the boyers. You've, you've sent away God's representative. Get him back here. So they agree. And now we're about to find out why they named him Ivan the Terrible. 
Ivan comes rolling back into town, and Ivan decides he's had just about enough betrayal and treachery to last him a lifetime. You know that KGB you talk about all the time, you see in the movies, you read in the books, the secret police snatching these poor Russian citizens out of their beds at night. Do you know where that idea came from? Young Ivan the Terrible decides, what I really need is my own private army that's loyal to me. Now, where would you find people who are going to be exclusively loyal to you in a a society with so many of these boyers and wealthy people and landowners? You go to the people who don't have anything and you give them something. You go right to the peasants. So Ivan the Terrible goes out and he starts recruiting Peasants, lots of them. Try to picture for a moment what your life is like as a peasant. We always talk about the kings, don't we? The kings, the czars, the generals, the leaders, the people who live in palaces and drink out of golden goblets. But those, that's not the majority of the people. The majority of the people at this time live day by day. Hoping you can eat the next day. Even if times are good and you're eating plenty, you are one famine away from watching your family starve to death in front of your eyes. You don't have changes of clothes. You dang sure don't have servants. You may not even own a horse. And along comes the head of Russia, who has now declared himself to be czar. He was the first ever czar, by the way. Ivan started that too declares himself to be czar, comes riding up on his horse and says, come on out. How would you like a beautiful horse, beautiful home, money, food, clothes? And how would you like to stick it to the people who've been sticking it to you your whole life? Now, maybe you'd say no to that, but how hard do you think he'd have to look before he found people who would say yes? Oh, he found them. And they called them the Children of Darkness. Officially, their name was the Oprichniki. I like Children of Darkness because it sounds super creepy. And when I say sounds super creepy, it's because these guys were monsters. They were dressed in all black. They only rode black horses. They rode around with the head of dogs on their horses. They would hang the head. They would kill a dog, cut off its head, and hang it off their horses. They rode around with large sticks, and they would randomly beat people. And that was about as nice as it got. Ivan was fanatically religious, I should mention. You know that picture? If you picture Moscow in your head, you picture one of two things if you're a normal human being. You either picture the Kremlin or you picture that really colorful building with like the big balls on top of all the spires. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Google, you know what? We're going to do it right here on air. I haven't even done this. We're doing this live. How about that? Welcome to the show, Albuquerque. I told you it gets bad around here. All right. We're Googling something live on the show. Moscow, Google image search. And yep, there it is. First picture that comes up. All those colorful, that colorful building, all the colorful spires on top of it. That is called St. Basil's. 
Ivan the Terrible built that. He's the one who had that built. And when I say fanatically religious, I mean he would force his operic Nikki to attend hours-long church services with him every day. If you showed up late, you died. Oh, I, sorry I'm late, boss. The, the horse the horse rolled an ankle on the way in. Oh, that's okay. We're going to have you ritually beaten to death and thrown in the river in front of everybody. Had quite the, uh, quite the HR team there in old I, Ivan's kingdom. And the Oprick Nikki got worse from there. You see Ivan the Terrible hated boyers. And when I say hated boyers, I mean he would ride out to boyer estates and gather them all up in attics and then set a bunch of gunpowder on the bottom floor, light the fuse, and then stand back so he could watch the entire home explode and enjoy watching the body parts of boyers fly through the air. He hated boyers so much he wanted their bloodlines screwed up so he would storm into a boyer home, leave everybody alive, but take the boyer noblewoman and have his men do their thing with her in front of everybody, specifically so she would get pregnant and the husband wouldn't even know if the child was his or not. Are you sickened yet? You should be. If you're not, we're going to keep going. It wasn't just the boyers who he had murdered. We're talking five, six hundred a day. He had special torture chambers set up. He also had entire towns destroyed who he thought were about to be or already disloyal to him. Had his own army march on his own town where he had all the priests beaten to death in front of the town. He then put men on spits like a pig and roasted them alive. One man he had impaled. Oh, I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show. Do you know who Ivan the Terrible's hero was? Vlad the Impaler. Vlad Dracul. Longtime fans of the show will remember the Vlad show I did. Don't worry if you missed it. I'm going to do another one soon just because I love that guy. He had this man impaled. The... Stick, pole, whatever you want to call it, entered this man in the southern regions, exited out this man's neck. But you have to understand, oftentimes when it comes to impalement, they did not have a sharp end on the stick. In fact, they would have the end fairly blunt and they would grease it. Why? Because they don't want it piercing your organs on the way through. They want you alive for a long time, and this dude lived for 15 hours on that stick. Oh, there's one more thing. Hang on. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. Like a stain on your brain, you can't get out. Identity hero makes sure cyber criminals can't crush you. Let me ask you something. Think about think about just the information in your wallet right now. Your debit cards, your credit cards, your driver's license. Think about all the information in there. 
Now think about just taking a picture of that and throwing it up online, what people could do. That's what you're doing every time you're going online. These cyber thieves, they have a way to worm their way clear into your life and steal everything from you and financially ruin you unless you get something called Identity Hero. Identity Hero protects your online identity, and if you suffer any financial loss, they'll reimburse you dollar for dollar, up to a million dollars. And you can get this kind of protection for just $7.95 a month. $7.95 a month. That's peace of mind. Identityhero.net slash jesse. Remember when I said it got worse from there? Let's rewind just a moment. We're not even talking about his own city that he's burning down anymore and killing. Although I I chose to skip for your own good some of the other things he did there, like building man-sized frying pans and frying men in them, attaching children to sleighs and pushing the sleighs into the rivers, you remember when Ivan was dying and he wanted them to pledge loyalty to his son? But everybody pledged loyalty to someone else. That someone else was actually his cousin, Vladimir. Not a good friend of Ivan's. Well, Ivan didn't do anything for a long, long time. Just kind of let that go. Hang on. No, we're cool, Vladimir. Don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. It's fine. Until Ivan decided one day it wasn't fine anymore. He rode out with his opryknicki to his cousin Vladimir's residence. Walked in, informed him he was taking possession of everything his cousin owned. Then he gathered his cousin in the living room with his cousin's young children and handed them all poison and forced them all to drink it in front of him and watch them die. Vladimir's wife was out of town, so he just simply had her found, and they took her down to the river and drowned her. This is a man who killed thousands and thousands and thousands of his own people, but remember the question we asked in the very, very beginning of the show. Is that a monster? Well, it's complicated. You know why Russia has Siberia to this day? Ivan the Terrible. Do you know why Russia stopped having a Mongol problem after this period of time? Because that first battle he lost against the Mongols... Yeah, he he went on to go ahead and kick the crap out of them for a long time after that. The formerly invincible Mongols, Ivan the Terrible was winning battles against them, lots of them. Ivan the Terrible expanded Russia with obviously some modifications into the Russia you know today. 
it exists because of Ivan the Terrible. And while we have focused on some gory stuff today, plenty of it, and he obviously sounds like a complete sadist, what if everyone around you does sadism? Is it still sadism? Do you think these boyers I'm talking about ever had anybody tortured and killed? Oh, of course they did all the time. I don't think I need to elaborate for you the things the Mongols did, who he was fighting against. What if good and evil, setting aside obviously biblical definitions, please don't strike me down, Lord, but what if, you know, on an individual level or even a society level, What is right and what is wrong is more determined by the era you live in than it is what you actually do. What if if torturing and killing people is the norm? And the reason I bring this up is we have even more violence out there. Uh, Black Trump supporter, 60 years old, was gunned down in Milwaukee. They actually do believe, this guy was well-known in the community, loved Donald Trump, had a big vote Trump 2020 sign in Bible verses. He was well-known, well-thought-of in his community, and his death is thought to be because he was a Trump supporter. And it's not really, I'm not really talking about this specific case, although that's just awful. But you see all these murders, these bombs they're throwing at federal police in Seattle, New York, Another bunch of people murdered and shot. Chicago, another bunch of people. You see the violence rising all over America. And you know what I'm really worried about? I'm worried that's going to be life for you and me going forward. I'm worried that we're going to have to live with it. I'm worried on occasion... We're going to have to do it. And I don't know about you. I don't want to live like that. I don't want those norms to change. And probably like you, when I think about those norms changing, when I think about, I don't know whether you want to, whether this is a too drastic way to put it, whether you whether you like this or not, but if we're going to move to more of a war footing like that, which sounds terrible to even say, what do you and I have a moral obligation to do or not do if things come to that? I told you this was a very direct show. I warned you, Albuquerque. Welcome aboard again, by the way. What do you and I have an obligation to do or not do? We're going to have to figure that out. The reason I'm asking the question is I don't have an answer. I don't know. 877-377-4373. When I was... Doing a bunch more reading on Ivan the Terrible last night. I wasn't exactly thinking in that direction, but by the time I got done, I was thinking, man, that guy sounds terrible. Wow, he was actually really good for Russia.
I think I think life gets complicated. That's what I think. And I think we are in the middle of changing, changing times. And you and I are going to have to focus a lot on doing the right thing and figuring out what the right thing is because sometimes it's not that clear. Life is complicated, extremely. One last quick story on how complicated it is. One of these Mongol cities Ivan did take. Told you he was slapping around the Mongols. How often do you hear somebody taking a Mongol city? He captured a bunch of Mongols when he was trying to take the city and he impaled them on stakes and put them out, still alive, outside of the city gates trying to get the Mongols to surrender. And you know what the Mongols did? They simply pulled back their bows and shot all the guys that were on the on the pikes. Now, again, you want to talk about a moral question. You're pulling back that bow and arrow, aiming at your friend down there who's been impaled. Clearly, you're not going to be thrilled about it, but in your mind, are you doing the right thing? The wrong thing? Life gets complicated. We have a bunch of stuff coming down right now with Attorney General Barr giving testimonies today about, about you know, more stuff on all this Russian stuff. What if nothing happens with that? And I don't know about you, but I'm checking my calendar. and Man, I, I, it feels like it's July 28th today. If it's July 28th today and we have an election coming up in, let me see, August, September, October, man, that almost seems like that's less than 100 days away and we don't have any indictments yet? We don't have anybody being charged with a crime yet? Hang on. I can't believe we were being evicted from our home. That is a direct quote from somebody. You guys think I'm just trying to scare you? I'm not trying to scare you. Home title theft is the cybercrime sweeping the nation right now. The FBI is gravely, gravely concerned about it. You need to start making sure these cybercriminals cannot get a hold of your home title. It's not a piece of paper sitting in a safe anymore. It's online. They find it, and they can get your signature on it like that. I know because Home Title Lock, as an example, did it to me when we first met. Less than 10 minutes, their expert had my home title with my signature and my wife's signature on it. They sent it to me, and my jaw dropped. They could easily get a loan out with that. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now. Start protecting yourself and your family. Use the code JESSE for 30 free days. Joining me now, the great Sean Davis, co-founder of The Federalist. Sean, 
What in the world is happening with these doctors in the press conference? In the what kind of censored society are we living in? <laughs> That's a good question. I, I mean, I, I try to avoid the conspiracy theories, and but I, I got to tell you what: the more the censorship goes on over medicine that people have used to treat lupus and other autoimmune diseases with no real risks for decades. It's starting to make me wonder if a lot of people have a big financial interest in, uh, you know, a vaccine that doesn't even exist yet. And that's why they are uh, pushing to ban, apparently, this this treatment that has been effective for a lot of people. It's pretty scary to see. In, in all seriousness, Sean, it's so creepy to me. I've been trying to avoid going full out conspiracy theorist on it for exactly this reason. We have something where many doctors are saying they've treated coronavirus with it. It's not, I mean, look, they can argue over it all day long, but that's a that's a legit medical viewpoint by this point in time. Doctors are saying, I've used it to treat coronavirus patients, and YouTube is censoring it. Google is censoring it. They're eliminating the video. I think they suspended Donald Trump Jr.'s Twitter account over the thing. Who is so financially invested in this thing not working, and why would someone want it not to work? Well, I, I think what we've learned over the past couple months is that there are a lot of people in this country who will do anything, uh, regardless of the cost, regardless of the damage, to get the bad orange man out of out of the White House. I mean, they're burning down federal buildings. Uh, they're they're shooting people uh, who commit the crime of wanting someone else than uh, than what the left wants to be president. They they're actively trying to keep schools shut down. They were telling us when this whole thing started, that it was racist to shut down travel and that it was evil to wear a mask. Uh, and now they're all saying the exact opposite. And I'm beginning to think, you know, I'm beginning to get a little bit of an inkling that maybe what they're pushing for the entire time has nothing to do with what's best for us. And it's actually uh, what ha- it will give them the most power and the greatest ability to force us to submit. Just, I'm beginning to get that sense. <sighs> so it's all about Trump? There's nothing else to this. I, I mean, look, I'm not trying to go tinfoil on my hat. I don't know. But that's all this is about is Donald Trump? I, I, I don't think it's actually all about Trump. I think it's all actually about power. And Trump just happens to be the person who is standing between the totalitarian left and what they view as their divine right to rule us as subjects. I, I think Trump just happens to be the person who is uh, occupying their psychotic little minds. But I think the real issue it's power. I mean, just look at, at the Russia hoax. Um, that Yes, Trump was involved in it, but that was about them getting back power without actually having to win it at the ballot box. It's, it's about that's what drives their uh, demand to control all the courts uh, is a desire for power. I think everything for the left comes down to power, and there's no better example of it than Chaz or whatever they're calling it in Seattle and Portland. They'll go down and burn down a city if they have to to get power. Sean, I'm glad you brought up Russia because we know Barr is going to testify today, but uh, uh, my calendar tells me we're less than three months away from an election or somewhere about less than 100 days, I should say, from an election. Um, where where are my charges, Sean? Who's who's going to jail? Joe Biden might win this election and then everyone knows this whole investigation disappears. What's taking so long? That's a That's a great question that I don't have an answer to. And, you know, it's interesting when Mueller was in there, 
uh, uh, doing whatever he was doing, answering phone bananas, you know, talking into his shoe. <laughs> he, he clearly, he clearly wasn't running that investigation. The left and the media, but I repeat myself, had full-on campaigns to demand that Republicans pledge to not fire Robert Mueller. If you fire Robert Mueller, that's a crime. How dare you? We've not seen any of that when it comes to John Durham, the the attorney tapped by Barr to investigate the Russiagate hoax. And I think it's because we all know that the second Biden is elected, if he wins, the coronavirus is cured, the violence in, in these big cities stops, and John Durham gets fired. So I don't know where the heck uh, charges are. They've got Glenn Simpson dead to rights lying to Congress. They've got Kevin Kleinsmith, an FBI attorney, dead to rights, fabricating evidence and lying to a FISA court. They have reams of evidence against a bunch of these people where it's not even a close case. And yet, for some reason, we don't see any charges. And it's getting really, really frustrating because it's beginning to look like we have two systems of justice in this country. Sean, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because I'm actually genuinely worried about that. When you look at the lawlessness in the streets, these absurd Black Lives Matter protests, too, these violent, just horrible crap that is apparently being allowed in these cities, while at the same time we're arresting business owners for opening up, we're arresting pastors, and you look at all this bar Russia stuff, I feel like this is part of the thing that tears a society apart when people feel like the law is only for other people. Exactly. What protects America from vigilanteism is actually the rule of law and the dispassionate equal protection of everyone under the law. But look at what happened in St. Louis with the McCloskey family. They had a terroristic uh, in, insurrectionist mob break into their neighborhood, uh, execute plans B and E to get through that locked fence to get in there. Uh, they assaulted them and threatened them. And when this family, after the police had failed to protect them, after the government had failed to do its one job, this family took it upon themselves to protect each other. And they did it without firing a single shot. And who gets charged in that? They got charged, and they got charged by a prosecutor uh, who was tampering with evidence in order to get one of the charges to stick. Okay, so you cannot have a country where that kind of nonsense is allowed to go on, where the government's allowed to abdicate its responsibility to do its one thing that it has to do, which is protect you, and then it charges you for protecting yourself. If that is not a recipe for anarchy and vigilanteism and eventually widespread violence, then nothing is. And it, it pains me and it enrages me to see that happening in our country, which wasn't like this even five or ten years ago. How did it happen so fast? Man, I, I, I have theological uh, explanations for No, it. let's hear it. Um, we talk about God on this show. Let's hear it. How did it happen so fast? What happened? Uh, I, I, you know, I, I think we have abandoned the things that we believed in that made this country great, namely a faith in God and a belief that we are all created equal and entitled to the same protections and dignity because we're all made in the image of our creator. And we've just turned into a completely hedonistic, in many ways, God-hating society. So why should we be surprised uh, when the protection and the favor that we've received for 250 years seems to be removed? It doesn't seem like rocket science to me, but I'm just an unfrozen caveman Sunday church attender. I've been, I've been thinking about after this Austin thing, I've been thinking about upgrading my vehicle arsenal, Sean. Now I'm not saying I want to know anything that you have in your vehicle. I know you would never ever carry weapons and don't believe in guns at all. But if you were to upgrade your vehicle arsenal, what's, what's a weapon you would consider having in there? I gotta tell you, man, the, uh, the AR 15 is 
I think the greatest self-defense platform ever created. It's easy to use. It's accurate. It's almost infinitely modular. You know, get your tax stamp, get a little short-barreled AR, a little 10 or 12-incher in there. I think that'd be pretty awesome. I like it. I'm just worried about my eardrums. It just does shoot in vehicles, man. Mm. Mm. Get a suppressor. I don't want to go through the process. How hard, how long is it going to take me to get this suppressor? Uh, man, I don't know. It's, uh, if, if you make your own at this point, Shaw. you can go and <laughs> you can do a Form 1. It takes a month. All right. Sean Davis, co-founder of the Federalist. Thank you, my brother. Thanks, Jesse. Be good. I want a sub suppressed. That's what I want. Get some subsonic rounds. Oh, it's beautiful, Chris. It's beautiful. But now I'm sure they have fancy stuff out there for it now. I don't know where to store it securely. You know what I mean? You got they're storing it, and then there's, I got to take my car to Jiffy Lube. I'd rather not completely arm up the staff while they're in there cleaning my, you know what I'm talking about. All right. These are some heavy-duty concerns, Chris. You know, I think it's time we talked about something, and I think it's time we had a very, very frank conversation. It's going to be very important. Hang on. stocky follow like and subscribe on social at jesse kelly dc there are few activities out there for families now that everything is shut down so you got to make up your own activities at home well i've got one for you how's this sound what if you went on simplysafe.com slash jesse no salesman no contracts no nothing you picked out all the home security stuff you wanted all the sensors cameras everything you wanted order them they ship you a box, box gets there, and as a family, you open your Simply Safe box and place the sensors all over your home. I'm suggesting it to you because I did it and it's an absolute blast. Highly, highly recommend it. You see, it's Simply Safe. You just order, they ship, you place and plug it in, and you are professionally monitored 24 hours a day, seven days a week for as little as $15 a month. Go to simplysafe.com slash jesse. That's simplysafe.com slash jesse. You can get free shipping when you go there now. John Christ is one of my favorite comedians out there. He just does some of the most pants-wetting funny stuff. Chris, once we play this one, you know what we need to do? We need to deal. Do you, we need to dial up his honest football coach one because that was the greatest thing ever. You know, while this one's playing, and this is like two minutes long, so it's a little longer than anything I normally play. While this one's playing, get the honest football coach one. He's a comedian. I got to go see this guy live, and I'll tell you, I've always admired comedians a lot more than I feel like other people do. And I admire it because I think it takes a special talent 
to stand up in front. Um, to stand up in front. To stand up in front of an audience and make them laugh. I mean, a lot of people can't. I, I, that's a that's a terrible fear. Just standing up in front of a lot of people. People were scared to death. To say, if I were to tell you, you didn't even have to talk. There was a crowd of 50 there. You don't even have to talk, but you need to stand up on stage in front of these people. Just stand there for five minutes. You might be able to do that, but you'd be nervous. You'd be really, really nervous. You would. And I'm not, I'm not judging you for it. You'd be nervous. There's something about standing there, everybody staring at you, that can be intimidating. It's a horrible fear for people. And I've had to give a million speeches. And I'm, I'm not a nervous speaker in front of people. It doesn't bother me at all. But shoot, even I, you know, before you get up, I had to speak at, at this uh, Tea Party rally one time. And there were three, 4,000 people there. I had to speak at this Tea Party rally. You get a couple butterflies. Now imagine you're not just standing there or you're not just giving some speech. You have to entertain them. That's tough. And you're not uh, you're not an actor where if you flub a line or something like that, oh, cut, let's just do the whole thing over again. Here, entertain me. That's tough, man. That's tough. You know who's absurdly talented while I'm on the subject? Jack Black. You may have not you may not know who I'm talking about. You can look him up. Musician, really, really talented actor, gets no credit at all. Why? Because he's a goofball. Because he's funny. I think that's talent. Anyway, here's John Christ. Exactly know who this guy is, but I don't like his look at all. I don't like anything that this guy stands for. Pause really quickly. Pause really quickly. I guess I should do a brief setup because this is a professional radio show, Chris. He's walking around the grocery store pointing out various brands that are offensive to him. He's obviously making fun of the social justice people. And the visual makes it better, but you don't need the visual at all. Anyway, carry on. Like anything that this guy stands for, cancel. Using a polar bear to sell your ice cream, Klondike. Did you know polar bears were extinct? No, thank you. Canceled. White rice. Brown rice. Why they got to be separated? Think about it. Cancel. Uncle Ben's absolutely offended by that. Listen, do I know any minorities myself? No, I don't, but I feel very confident speaking on their behalf on the internet. Hola, Tapatio. Una pregunta. You ever heard of cultural appropriation? Cancel. Paw Patrol mac and cheese. Listen, defund the police. Defund Paw Patrol. Okay, I just looked up Red Baron. Red Baron is a fighter pilot in the German Air Force in World War One. Seems extremely anti-Semitic. Selling popsicles shaped as bullets. Wow, absolutely canceled. Blue Ribbon, everyone's a winner. Thank you, that is the only brand of ice cream I will support. Rebel Ice Cream, wow, why don't you just change this to Soldier in the Confederate Army Ice Cream. Orville Redenbacher, look at this guy. He definitely made some mistakes in his past. Do you want to cancel him? We can if we want. I'll look up some mistakes that he made in his past and we can cancel him. I need to appease my white guilt by virtue signaling on the internet. The Keebler Elves, isn't that cute? Well. 
since 2020. They're called Little People. Cancelled. Oh, Little Debbie. Why does she have to have red hair offensive to gingers? Cancelled. What do we have here? Country gravy, 758. Brown gravy, 747. I'm just saying, think about it. Tupac. Have you ever heard any of his lyrics? Very violent. Is that what you guys support? Spam? Add them to the list. Cancelled. It's 2020 and Oreo is still separating the light and the dark. You know who's out here solving racism in a Walmart? Duplex. Just looked up the definition of minion. Uh, one, an underling or follower of a powerful person. Two, a servant. Cancelled. If the Dixie Chicks are cancelled, then... So are these plates. I love that guy. We'll put you know what? We'll post the whole video up on the show Twitter at Jesse Kelly Show. Again, I would like to formally welcome in Conservative Talk ABQ Albuquerque. A big thank you to Michelle Garcia there for welcoming us into your fine city. Here's a little tidbit about Albuquerque you may not know, Chris. I've been there several times in my life because I used to do construction work. And we would do construction work really all over Arizona, California, New Mexico, Texas, and whatnot. And my dad and I, we roll into Albuquerque one night. We're looking at this construction job. And we see, oh, what do you mean the, the segment's almost over? Dang it. Hang on one sec. Never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt U.S. Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. The old man and I roll into Albuquerque to check out this construction project. And we are completely, we'd never been at this point in time, completely unfamiliar with Albuquerque. You know the deal. Roll into town, get a, get a crappy rental car and a holiday in. You're out looking at the, at the job and finally it's dinner time. Now I need to be clear about something. For anybody who may be new to the show. I may be a soulless, sociopathic monster. I admit that. I'm a cold, unfeeling jerk. I know that. The one thing I have that I really love outside of my work and family is food. And I don't love food in the same way you love food. 
I love food in an unhealthy way. In a in an extremely unhealthy way. You know how you know how you have to get in the mood for certain kinds of food? I love food so much it sets my mood. I'll explain. Hang on. Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. I eat a bad meal. It puts me in a bad mood. I eat a good meal. The wife cooks up something amazing. I sit down after work, eat a good meal. I am so happy for a long time. And I want to be clear about something. I know this is unhealthy. I know that mentally you shouldn't be this way. I'm not wishing this on to you, but it is how I am. And here's the thing about that. I get it honestly. I get it from my old man. He's traveled all over, and he may not be able to tell you anything about any of the places he's traveled as far as cities in the country. To this day, at 65, my old man can tell you exactly where to eat in every town he's ever been in and what to order when you get there. I'm not making that up. The Kelly boys take food seriously. Very serious. There's no, I don't know, we'll grab a sandwich. No, 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 no. Let's think about this. Let's talk to people about this. Let's. Now we have you know, things like Yelp on your phone. I'm going to be looking up Yelp reviews. Now this, you want to know how bad it is? You want to know how sick I am? I've, look, I admit it. You know what I want to know how sick I am? If I travel, before I will go to a restaurant, I will not only look up uh, distances, Yelp reviews, I will look up the pictures on Yelp people take of their food. I go off the pictures. Oh, they, they got this menu item. Uh, oh, they've got the uh, the bacon mac and cheese. You know what? That can go either way. Hang on. Let me scroll through the 500 pictures until I get at least one or two pictures of the bacon mac and cheese and see that it looks like something I want to eat. Now, you can say that's unhealthy, and I'd agree with you. You can say that's obsessive, that's sick. I'd agree with you. I'm not arguing with you about any of that. But I do know how to eat. And I do know what's good and what's not good. And as I've told you before, you think I'm arrogant now? Go out to eat with me. I will flat out tell people, people I've just met, just order what I order. 
Okay. My wife's horrified when I do this, too. Horrified. Stop bullying people when it comes to food. She tells me that all the time. I tell her, I'm not trying to bully anybody. I'm doing this as a kindness. I'm, I'm using my sickness, my obsession, to help you all out. I know what to order here. But you've never been here before. That's right. I still know what to order here. And you know what? Most of the time, because, look, it's human nature, I get ignored. Or the, oh, I actually would rather get this. And also, most of the time, it's so bad. The difference between how good my food is and how good their food is, it's so bad, they flat out admit it to me. Okay, I should have just ordered what you ordered. And I said, I told you, you'll know next time. Just order what I ordered. All that being said, old man and I are in Albuquerque, and it comes time for dinner. So we go hunting. Talk to the front desk girl at the uh, Holiday Inn, I think it was. She says, oh, Papados. Now, I have never eaten at Papados before, and I realize we're nationwide now, so some of you may not even know what Papados is. It's P-A-P-P-A-D-E-A-U-X, I believe is how you spell it. It's obviously Cajun-type seafood, for those unaware it's actually run by the Papa's Brothers. You know what, Chris? Reach out to the Papa's Brothers. I want to get one of them on the air. And they have all kinds of restaurants, and I've eaten at all of them, and they're all fantastic. They have the Papados, which is Cajun seafood. They have Papacitos, which is Mexican. They have a Papa's Brothers Steakhouse, which actually I haven't eaten at yet because money doesn't grow on trees, and I heard it's super expensive, but I heard it's amazing. Now, these guys know how to do restaurants. Get this, Chris. You're, gonna, you're not going to believe this. Well, at least I thought it was amazing. The service you'll notice in Papa Do's, in any Papa's restaurant you go to, obviously there are some exceptions. You get a bad apple. The service in general is outstanding. I find out from one of my buddies who owns a bunch of restaurants, not Papa's restaurants, he owns a bunch of others, talking to him about the restaurant industry and whatnot. They have such a rigorous training regimen for their wait staff, for their service, that oftentimes they'll quit once they do some time in one of the Papado's restaurants or Papa's Brothers restaurants, but for the rest of their restaurant career, it stands out on your resume if you've been trained underneath the Papa's Brothers training regiment. Like, these people know what they're doing. Like I said, they take this stuff seriously. Anyway. We decide, we're well, let's take this lady's recommendation. We love Cajun food, you know, a little Cajun seafood, and we go down to Papado's, and it's, it's practically built for me. There are those restaurants you walk into, and they're built for your taste. I sit down and look at the Papado menu, and I'm telling you, I could probably order 20 to 25 things off of the menu. That's not, that's not an exaggeration at all. We're talking things like they have these fried alligator bites and they serve it with this kind of Creole sauce. You dip the alligator bites in. Oh, my gosh. And if you're turning your nose up at alligator, it's only because you haven't tried it before. Alligator is fantastic. It's like, right, Chris? Is it not? It's like chicken even better. They have frog legs. Again, same thing. Don't turn your nose up. Frog legs are fantastic. They have oysters. I'm not even an oyster guy. And they have oysters of all kinds. They have fried crawfish. They have this uh, 
lump crab and spinach dip that you smear all over the garlic bread they bring with it. Oh, man, I'm starving now. Dang it. We're going to have to find a Papado's after the show, Chris. Now I'm starving. Long story short, we enjoy we enjoy the meal, to put it mildly. We are in Albuquerque for, I think, two and a half days. We discover Papado the first night. By the time we left, the wait staff knew our name. We ate every meal from that point on at the Papado in Albuquerque. I don't know. This was some time ago. They may have more than one by now. There was only one, I believe, back in the day. So there, Chris, that's my Albuquerque story. Now, headline. This is a big one. You ready for this? Windows up. Baboons at a UK safari park arm themselves with knives and chainsaws. Baboons at a popular British safari park have been seen stalking the facility armed with weapons, raising concerns that visitors have been arming the monkeys, quote, for a laugh, end quote. The Sunday Times reports that workers at Merseyside's Nosley Safari Park have seen the primates armed with knives, screwdrivers, and even a chainsaw. The animals have reportedly long been willing and able to damage visitors' cars, tearing off wipers and wing mirrors, but the addition of the weapons has raised the stakes. One worker at the park told the Times, quote, We're not sure if they are being given weapons by some of the guests who want to see them attack cars or if they are fishing them out of pickup trucks and vans. They will literally go into people's toolboxes and carry them around. One of the baboons was seen lugging around a chainsaw. And this brings me to my ever-present question, one we have asked before on the show. I need you to think about this long and think about this hard. 877-377-4373. The question when it comes to baboons is this. Do you think if you were put in a cage with one, an angry one, and you have to fight to the death, and all you have is a knife, do you think you could do it? Hang on. The Jesse Kelly Show. I despise contracts. I hate them, and I really hate them when it comes to home security, and this is why. If you're a home security company and you want to try to lock me into a two- or three-year contract, and I've been locked into three-year contracts before, if you're trying to do that, what's that say to me about you? You know what it tells me? It tells me that you aren't providing a good enough service to get me to stay. You're trying to lock me in a three-year contract. I just naturally assume you're ripping me off. You're not providing what you should. You know how I know Simply Safe is amazing? There are no contracts. None. Zero. You go online, you order what you want, they ship you the box, you place the sensors, plug them in, and you are covered 24 hours a day, seven days a week until you don't want to be covered anymore. Starting at just $15 a month. No sales, guys. No bad customer support. No high prices. SimplySafe.com slash Jesse. That gets you free shipping 
and a 60-day risk-free trial. People want to know why I'm obsessed with fighting a baboon to the death. It's because I heard something awesome once, and I have no idea if it's true. I probably should just ask one of the guys I know by now if it's true. But I had heard, I think it was the French, their special forces, they have to fight a baboon, and that's almost undoubtedly a lie. But I want it to be true so bad. I want it to be true because I think it would be sweet. And why can't we see that? I want to see that. Everybody's so sensitive now, though. You would never be able to. You wouldn't be able to. You'd have animal rights groups freaking out about it. You know you would, Chris. It's like I've argued about the zoos. It's part of what's made America soft, is you can't see animals kill other animals at the zoos. Oh, little Billy can't. He can't see the bird being eaten by the snake. Um, Every other child in human history has not only seen that stuff, they've done it. Period. Your little Billy will be just fine. And that's why we have a country that's pillow soft, Chris. Pillow soft. Oh, do you have the John Chris football coach, the honest football coach audio? Pull up the I played his I played his audio earlier. I love that guy. I played his audio earlier about the social justice warriors just blatantly mocking them. And The dude has this long list of things that are hysterical. He has this one where he and his wife, maybe ex-wife, I don't know. It's not my business. We're in their car looking for a new church. Gosh, that one might be the funniest freaking thing ever. But this one, since we don't have sports anymore, I'm not watching. Just enjoy. Is there anything you want to change? I mean, I mean, I don't know what you want me to tell that. Everybody's like, football's a team game, okay? It's not a team game, okay? I did my part, all right? I put in a great game plan. I mean, these players, they're horrible. These My players are no good. I mean, everybody's like, no excuses. No, I got, you know what? I got 22 excuses, 11 on my offense and 11 on my defense. Our offensive coordinator is terrible. He gets half of his plays off of Madden rookie mode. I mean, the guy is no good. In our offensive line, it's like Obama's immigration policy. Let everybody through. Do we have a chance next week? No, we don't. We're 0-8. We're not good at football. I got three white receivers. Our red zone defense is like Oprah. Like, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown, you get a touchdown. Our quarterback, look at the playbook. We put in plays for Peyton Manning. He plays like Cooper Manning. I mean, the guy's just not good at football. No credit to the other team, okay? The other team is awful. We tried to recruit bigger, better players to come play for us, but they went to good schools. I put in the game plan. These kids can't execute. Third down, terrible. I know we need better players. I get it. We can't win with the product we got in the field here. Like, I'm down to Rick Patino, some guys if I need to, but not at this level. I'm not going to jail for these kids. I mean, they're all talking in the locker room like, we're a team. We're in this together. No matter what happens, we're together. Like, not me, dude. I'm out of here. This team's terrible. I've got three white receivers. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm telling you what. That guy's great. Seattle police chief sends simple message to businesses during riots. You're on your own. What's happening in these places like Seattle and Portland, it's absolute anarchy on the street. You know all that. Completely lawless. You know all that. But don't lose sight of the fact there are real citizens there, lawful citizens there, being terrorized. Why would you stay? Tell me why you'd bother to stay. 
I love, I'm not anti-city. I love the city as much as the next man. But why in this current climate, unless you absolutely had to, why would you stay? And I'll tell you why they stay, Chris. Because people fear change. It's the, it's human nature. I'm not insulting anybody. People fear change. Now, I grew up different. We moved across the country when I was 10. When we got to where we were going, we lived in 10 houses in 10 years. I'm not making that up. We just buy them and flip them and pack everything up again and move, trying to make money, you know, and just trying to get by. And then it was Marine Corps all over the place in Arizona and D.C. and Dallas. And I mean, it was just, I bounce around. So I never mind moving, ever. I never mind change. But that is not the norm. Now, we are we are a lot more mobile now than we used to be. And most of the people before the invention of cars, roads, planes, things like that, most of the people never traveled more than 30, 40 miles from their home. That was the norm. But even today, I think the number still hovers around 40% of people don't leave their hometown ever. Now, that sounds like madness to me, but it is the normal human condition. It's perfectly normal. So if you're in one of those spots, I know we're nationwide now, which is still the most absurd thing I've ever heard in my life. I can't believe that. But maybe you're in one of these spots. Maybe you're sitting down right now in your little apartment in Seattle. You've got a good job, but you think it's insane around you. You think it's unsafe around you. And you'd love to leave, but you're scared. Allow me to offer this advice. I live my life, healthy or unhealthy, I guess it's up for you to decide, but I live my life constantly from my deathbed one day. What I mean by that is, as much as humanly possible, though I off, though I'd screw up on this all the time, as much as humanly possible, I try to look back on whatever I'm doing, whatever decision I'm making, as if I'm dying one day when I'm 70 or 80, what am I going to say? I'm glad I did A or I'm glad I did B. Because we are all going to die, all of us, every one of us. And that's how I make a lot of my major decisions. What am I going to say? I'm glad I did A, I'm glad I did B. That's why I'm sitting behind this microphone. Took the big chance. Quit a well-paying sales manager job at an RV dealership to throw myself into media with not a real plan whatsoever. And let's just see if it works out by God's own grace. It worked out unbelievably well. (laughs) You can call it dumb, Chris, but it worked out. That's why I do it. So if you're in Seattle, and you're worried about that job, or you're worried about moving out to a place that's more rural than something you know, or worried about moving away from family. That's a big reason, too. Maybe you're super close with extended family. No, I've got my grandma here. I got my mom. I got my dad. I got my sister. I got this, I got that. If you're worried about all that, I get it. I'm not judging you for it. People have their own priorities and concerns in life. But remember, you're going to die one day. When you're laying in that bed 80 years from now, shriveled up dying, saying your goodbyes, and you're laying there thinking back on your life, 
Are you going to say, man, I'm glad I never left Seattle and moved to the suburbs of Texas. Thank goodness. Or are you going to say, I wonder what it all would have been like if I had taken the big chance and packed up and moved. I wonder if my dream job was out there. I wonder if this, this friend was out there I never made. I wonder what it would have been like to live in Minnesota, Nebraska, Florida. I wonder what it would have been like to buy that lake house I thought about buying, but nah, I just stayed at home for another 40 years. You can disagree with that way of living. I'm not saying I'm right, but I like living like that. People talk to me all the time about this crazy life I've had in 39 years. I've packed a lot into it, but that's the reason I've packed a lot into it. That's how I live. And so when I look back on my 39 years, I mean, obviously there's plenty of screw-ups in there. Plenty of massive screw-ups in there. One's on purpose and one's by accident. But I still look back on it and think, that's kind of cool. Don't you want that? Hang on. Never completely ready to adopt a teen. For late nights writing English papers. For your teen's music taste. For dinners, where they talk more on their phone than with you. For the first time, they call you mom. You're never completely ready to adopt a teen, and you can't imagine the reward. To learn more about adopting a teen, visit adoptuskids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Part-time job, full-time hustle, all-time Shiro to all of us. You nurture, we listen. You teach, we thrive. You lift our spirits, but we've got to lay down the truth. It's time for you, our Shiro, to stretch for the stars. Start saving more for retirement now so you can feel prepared and live your life to the fullest. Get free tips to help boost your retirement savings now at aceyourretirement.org slash Shiro. A message brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Joining me now, host of World News with VK, former Air Force PJ, as he does every single Tuesday. BK, are you a smoker of meats? Do you eat smoked meats? You Californians only eat fish tacos and tofu, right? I do love fish tacos, and yes, I do love tofu. But yes, I've smoked a few meats before in my time. Absolutely. Okay, I'm just I got this new smoker from the old ball and chain for Father's Day, and I'm starting to get the hang of it. I'm telling you what, man, I'm pretty skilled. Not that anybody's shocked. I mean, you know, I would expect nothing less. I mean, you're a man in Texas. I mean, really, if you can't even figure that out, you might as well just turn in your card at that point. <laughs> the the best part of it is 
it's one of those wood pellet smokers, so you don't oh, actually. Oh, that's like that's cheating. That's like not even out of here. That's not even like poking. Get out of here with that. Well, here here's the question. It's a matter of integrity. You're right. It is cheating. It's not in any. It doesn't take an ounce of skill at all. None. Zero. Right. Do I admit to the neighbors when I bring food over that it's a wood wood pellet smoker? Or do I no. pretend as if I did it myself? I'm having a real battle with my integrity. Absolutely not. You just, you know what? That's the way I look at it. If you, just because you omit certain information doesn't mean you're lying. In my <laughs> so I, I, I would, I would say I would just talk up the smoking aspect of it and play down the wood pellet aspect. Absolutely. Have, well, let's just, just slaving over the smoker today. That's all. That's right. That's right. Just open flame, open flame. Jesse is what they call me. <laughs> all right. What I don't even want to ask anymore. What story do you have out of the gates before we get to everything else? That's actually serious. Okay, well, last week, Jess, I had a good one. I had to kind of read between the lines a little bit one on this, but in the, in the Detroit area, I don't know if you know this, Jesse, but in 2018, Craigslist actually shut down their notorious personals section because there was so much human trafficking going on there. And I mean, really, dude, if you're trying to get a date on the Craigslist, you know, instead of like Tinder or something, I mean, talk about bottom of the barrel, right? It was basically rampant prostitution. So Craigslist shuts it down. But before they shut it down, an investigator with the Michigan Humane Society uh, saw an ad where a man posted an ad looking for a three-way but with dogs. Okay, oh, so, so, this, so, this, so this investigator decided to look into it more. The guy got arrested, and here's the little uh, detail nugget, which I thought was interesting. They are charging him with various felonies, but one of the things they said they recovered, they, all they said in the story was they recovered an injured rabbit. No, no. So if I'm reading no. between the lines here, Jesse, no. it, sounds like the, uh, it sounds like the man uh, had gone ahead and made love to the rabbit, and that wasn't enough to satisfy him, so that's when he started looking for the two uh, dogs. So what there you go. wrong with you? That's what's going you? on out there. That's what? right. I, hey, this is real news, Jesse. What is... People need to know. <laughs> BK, all right, explain something to me. Yes, There's this way of thinking out there. I hear this all the time from people on the right, that all this civil unrest in the streets and all the coronavirus insane stupidity, that it all stops the day after the election if Joe Biden wins. Do you believe that? I don't believe it. Um, I've heard the same thing. Uh, I don't believe it. I think this is far deeper. And uh, you know what, Jesse? I really don't know where we're going. On last week's podcast, look, you know what? I, I the, the whole argument. I spent a lot of time on the whole Portland fiasco last weekend, and to me, I see both. And, it, and this is a good argument to me. I see both sides of this argument. The argument goes as follows: uh, If these if these far left mayors, like the mayor of Seattle, mayor of Minneapolis, mayor of Portland, mayor of Chicago are not going to protect their citizens, and they're not going to throw arsonists, looters, rioters in jail, then Trump has no choice but to send the federal government in to protect the citizens and lock these people up. I certainly get that argument, Jesse. Mm -hmm. However, I, I always go back to what the people vote for. And these people in Portland and Seattle and Chicago and every other town have made it pretty clear that this is the government they want and this is who they vote for. 
And as much as it pains me to see what's happening in some of these cities, like, hey, this is what you voted for. So if these cities have to become horrific places for a while before the citizenry there decides to change up leadership, I mean, so be it. So I'm, a, I'm kind of in the latter camp, but I certainly understand and sympathize with the argument in the former camp. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. And, and will it end with Joe Biden? I doubt it. I mean, Joe Biden is going to be a figurehead, Jesse. You really think he's going to be making day-to-day decisions? I mean, look at the guy. The, the way they're running his campaign, I got to hand it to him, is brilliant. I'd be doing the exact same thing. Keep him very limited. Don't let him out in the public. Don't let him be aggressively grilled by reporters. Just keep him in the basement, and he's gonna and he's cruising to victory at this point, according to all the polls. I one hundred percent agree. I have been. I I argue with everybody, every single person on the right who goes out there and they scream about Joe Biden not campaigning. Oh, they're hiding him. They're hiding him. They're hiding him. He's not doing this interview. He's not doing that interview. I'm like, yes, that's the smartest thing I've ever heard. The guy can't think or form a coherent thought. I would stash him in a crawl space somewhere and let him emerge to to, uh, uh, during the swearing in ceremony and not before. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like at this, you know, everything is everybody is. uh, He's got all the momentum, and this seems to be working for him. So hey. Go for it. And obviously, we have a situation now where the big tech companies, uh, Jesse, I'm sure you saw this morning, but Donald Trump Jr. got suspended from Twitter for 12 hours. I did. uh, For for sharing that hydroxychloroquine video. And, like, they're clear that they're on one side. And you know what? I have no patience for medical quackery myself, but hydroxychloroquine, the science is far from settled on that. I mean, even CNN a few weeks ago uh, ran a headline about how a study finds hydroxychloroquine may have boosted survival. I'm reading from the CNN study right now. That was on July 3rd. Uh, So I'm not saying it works or doesn't work. I'm saying the science is far from settled. I mean, does this mean like four months ago, if I would have posted, hey, you should absolutely wear a mask going against all medical advice, I would have been suspended from Twitter. And now we know that masks apparently do work. I'm just saying, I don't think it's incumbent upon them to be suspending people for that. But, I mean, technically it's their platform. They can do what they want. But it, it's kind of messed up, man, when a, when a tech company takes an issue that we don't know one way or the other whether it works or not. I've seen studies on that that says it does work. I've seen a study that says it doesn't work. So who are they to, like, start whacking people off their platform for that? I don't understand it. Are you at all creeped out by the – I mean, it just seems – Almost universal by the people in power have agreed that only this is acceptable. Whatever this is on any given day, you have to do this. Wear a mask. Don't wear a mask. They just decide what's acceptable and what's not and silence everything else and then act as if that's normal. Yeah, and it's it's really frustrating, Jesse, because like I see and you see day in and day out the horrible things people say on Twitter and get away with. Meanwhile, they ban me. They banned me, actually, and this is a true story. My old account with thousands of followers, Twitter kicked me off my account because I said that a violent criminal, and I quote, should get the death penalty. That was enough. And and not even, like, deserves the death penalty. He should get the death penalty, which last time I checked was a applicable penalty in American jurisprudence. Twitter kicked me off their platform for saying that. And I'm like, are you freaking serious right now? I mean, there's like people telling, wishing uh, Baron Trump uh, would die on there. And they, they're fine, though. But I say something like that, and I get kicked off immediately. It's unbelievable. BK, I actually have something on that I want to discuss with you. You got time to stay on for one more quick one today? 
Yeah, let's do it. All right, hang on. We're going to be right back with BK, and I'm going to ask him, because I had this thought yesterday when I was sitting down talking to Michael Berry. If everyone thinks something's real that's not real, does it become real? Mm. I'll explain in a minute. Hang on. Miss something? There's a podcast. Get it on demand wherever podcasts are found. The Jesse Kelly Show. HomeTitleLock.com. Your home title is probably the biggest exposure you have financially right now. Because think about the loan you can take out against your home title. Think about how big that is. Now, I want you to imagine a cyber criminal doing that to you. You start getting late notices in the mail. You're at first going to disregard them, but they're going to keep coming, probably some threats because they're telling you they're going to evict evict you, which they will do. So you call and find out that your home insurance doesn't cover this crime, and it will not cover that crime. The only way to protect yourself against this is to go to HomeTitleLock.com. Use the code JESSE. When you use the code JESSE, that gets you 30 free days of protection. But look, HomeTitleLock.com. Go there right now. At least go register your address and see if you're already a victim. Don't forget to use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 30 days free protection. We're back. BK stayed on for an extra segment. I had this conversation with my buddy Michael Berry yesterday, BK. We were actually talking about Twitter specifically. For those who don't know, it's obviously a social media platform. You put up short little blurbs. You try to be funny or smart briefly and then move along. It's not important. Or is it important? You see, only 2% of the population has a Twitter account. So it shouldn't be important. 99% of the people you meet or 98% aren't ever going to know anything that happened on Twitter. But if the president thinks it's important and United States senators think it's important and every CEO of every major corporation and every media outlet thinks it's important, then isn't it like the most important thing? You know, Twitter is funny because as you said, Jesse, only a small population are using Twitter. And then of that, small population, you know, I've seen studies where like a a very small percentage of users are responsible for most of the tweets. So it's like this outsized megaphone. And I try to tell myself that all the time that Twitter isn't real life. But at the same time, it's it's you can't deny it's a driver of the news cycle like today, like the example we just talked about with Donald Trump Jr. getting suspended, you know, world events unfold on Twitter quickly. And that's kind of where it is. And and if you're interested in news, like with my podcast, you know, I'm focused on international news, military conflict. That's the best way to get footage on the ground from foreign countries, from conflict zones. And that's that's really where news breaks. So whether you like it or not, people are like people always say, Jesse, you hear the term Twitter isn't real life. Well, increasingly, real life is being dictated by events that happen on Twitter. So then you start asking yourself, 
what is real life? And you go down that rabbit hole, there's no telling where you're going to end up. It's, it's, very, it's, a, it's a strange thing when you start thinking deeply about things. You know, I, I do that on the podcast a lot when I talk about economics because I'm interested in finance and the economy. Then you start thinking about money and currency and gold, which is kicking butt right now, and none of it makes sense if you start thinking too much about it. You buy gold? You invest in gold? So it's funny, I, I, and I said on the podcast, full disclosure, before I really knew what I was doing, I did invest in a gold mining fund that was an absolute dog for, I'm talking <laughs> like eight years I had this piece of crap, Jesse. And I was like so... I was so underwater on it. I was like, well, I might as well hold on to this pig now, you know, because it's like if I sell now, what's the point? And the last like two months, that thing is up like 120% and it's just just been on fire. So you never really know when the worm is going to turn, as they say. So uh, gold is a fascinating thing. You know, Warren Buffett famously hated gold. He said gold is an inanimate object. It doesn't produce any wealth. It just sits there. So what's the point? And, uh, you know, I see that, but right now people are piling. Again, what is money? You know, you start thinking about it and none of it makes sense. He's the host of World News with BK podcast. I listen every week as you should. BK, I appreciate you, my friend. I appreciate you taking the reins for me next week when I'm on vacation. You're going to be getting a whole lot of this guy. Jesse, I'm very excited. I'm going to be doing the show. We're going to be shirtless. We're going to be talking uh, ab veins. Uh, We're going to be talking tan, being jacked, uh, which I expect all your listeners to follow along with me. Uh, you're going to have. You're going to come back to a much more jacked and tan audience, Jesse. I'm very excited to fill it. I apologize on behalf of myself <laughs> and the show. Be good, my man. Thanks, man. It is an interesting question, though, Chris, because like. Um, my parents. My parents aren't on Twitter. Don't have Twitter accounts. Ninety-eight percent of this population does not have a Twitter account. I'm. That means ninety-eight percent of my. Let's let's say those numbers are skewed because my audience is probably more of a history, political fo- focused audience. Let's say seventy percent of you don't have a Twitter account. That's fine. I'm not telling you to get one. By the way, this is not about that. So. That's not something that's going to be making decisions in society, right? That's not going to be something that influences society, right? Unless all the people who have influence in society think that it matters. And that's what's happening right now. You want to know what's happening with corporations? And I'll probably expand on this a little bit tomorrow. Corporations, people want to know why corporations now are so quick to run out and apologize if some meaningless thing is offensive to some idiot somewhere. It's because corporations, one, are populated with a bunch of leftists who are educated in American schools, government schools. But two, many corporations are still operating under a different mindset, a mindset from the 90s and before. And that mindset was this. You respond to a customer complaint. But a customer complaint used to require effort. What I mean by that is how easily in 1985, 1990 even, how easily could you find the address of Fisher Price? Got a problem with the toy. How easy could you find that? What would you even do? 
How easily could you even find their phone number? If you could pull it off, it would take you time. I asked that question to you a second ago. How easily could you find the address of Fisher-Price? And we just discussed about five seconds ago how difficult it would be. During that time, Chris Googled it and already has the address sitting in front of himself. And, undoubtedly, they have a social media page. What I'm saying to you is every dirtball now has access to the CEO of a major corporation. So he thinks he gets 50 tweets. Everybody's mad. No. No. Hang on. Identity Hero gives you amazing America-based identity theft protection for $7.95 a month. I have to be honest. When I first started talking to Identity Hero, I wrote them back and said, hey, there's the, you've got a typo here. $7.95 a month can't be real. It is real. That's what you get when you get Identity Hero. And I can't stress America-based enough. Don't you think it's time especially in this market that we focus on American jobs. Their fraud and ID ID recovery team based right here in America. And if the worst happens, if somebody manages to steal your information, Identity Hero pays you back dollar for dollar up to a million bucks. I cannot speak highly enough about this company. Go to identityhero.net slash jesse. That's identityhero.net slash jesse. If you missed any part of the show today, Chris is going to podcast the whole show after it's done like he always does. It'll all be on iHeart, Google, Spotify. It's on iTunes. You can subscribe on iTunes and I need you to leave me a five-star review. And this part is the most important part. I need you to leave a comment on iTunes discussing how handsome I am. That part is super important. Management loves it. They're so happy that you guys keep doing that. There's now like 200 comments or something like that on there, and they're all discussing that. And management is furious. <laughs> I'm not stopping. I do what I want. Well, it looks like it's going to be another long week. We're going to have a ton of fun before I take my vacation. Don't worry, I won't be gone long. But I know how much you're going to miss me. That's all. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? 
You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You, you want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps, and then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. If you are an accredited investor, U.S. oil and gas should be part of your investment portfolio. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. Beyond the possibility to invest in a sector that historically delivers sound returns, when you invest with Labrador Energy, you may be able to structure your investment to offset active or passive income. According to many sources, U.S. oil and gas drilling remains one of the best tax-advantaged income investments available. Visit LabradorEnergy.com. You may be able to reduce your tax liability while investing in a sector that historically delivers sound returns. Learn more at LabradorEnergy.com today. Offer for accredited investors only. Past performance is no indication of future results. Investing involves risk. Consult your legal, tax, and financial advisors and read the prospectus before making any investment decisions. Visit LabradorEnergy.com for the prospectus and more information. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation supports America's greatest heroes, U.S. service members and first responders who die or are catastrophically injured in the line of duty and homeless veterans. The Foundation's Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs honor the sacrifices made for us by the men and women who risked their lives and bodies for our country and our communities. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America with over 80 runs walks and climbs a year and dozens of golf outings and barbecues. The Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute educates kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about America's darkest day while helping our nation keep its vow to never forget. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. Never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of our country's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 